It's news from heaven, how to create order in your spiritual mind. Who wouldn't want a little bit of order? And bonus, it's in the inmost, most real, most substantial part of you. You might be saying, my mind's fine. It doesn't need order. Is it? What's it like having a mind? Is it perhaps that at times your mind is, let's say you're trying to sleep and your mind is unhelpfully pouring in, oh, let's say a song that you don't even really like and it's just amped up the volume and repeating just a short phrase of it so you can't sleep. Or let's say there's something concerning coming up and your mind is helpfully providing you with detailed scenarios of how it's all going to go wrong. Let's say your mind continues to rev you up to be mean to people you don't want to be mean to. Order. Order in the court. And you might think, look, oh God, and, and, and spiritual development and, and spirituality and enlightenment, this is something that, you know, is something you can add on to a human being. That we're kind of going above and beyond looking for that. All we're trying to do is reduce our mind to the order it was supposed to be in fix what's been dislocated. And that order in itself brings in everything people are looking for. Deep happiness, peace, rest from fears and anxieties, the assurance that things are not just going to be okay, but are okay. Now, so let's get in there and get some order. See, there's some secrets of heaven. Three, five, six, three. Subsection three, everybody's favorite subsection. It is orderly then. Told you. You thought that I didn't know what was in this quote, but I knew it was about order. There you go. It is orderly then for good on the rational plane to exert a direct influence over good on the earthly level and at the same time over truth. Hello. Okay, so we right away have got some non-objects doing objective things. So we have our good... On the rational plane, so you've got some kind of plane here in your mind that's rational. Actually, that makes me feel kind of good to think I have a rational mind. And it's good for that to exert a direct influence. So this good wants to exert some kind of direct influence over the good there. Oh, oh, a good, I was like, wait a second, an indirect, a direct influence over the good on the earthly level. Okay. So you've got a rational level and you've also got an earthly level. Oh yeah, that looks like an earthly level. So you've got good on your earthly level there. And at the same time over truths, you've also got truth on your earthly level. You've got constructive things to do and ideas that you have and it's good for the good up in the rational in your mind to exert an influence over both of those and then to exert an indirect influence over the good there through truth on the rational plane and likewise to exert both a direct and indirect influence over truth on the earthly plane okay so you've got some truth up here in your rational plane as well and it's good for good to be influencing the truth, which then what? Influences good, and then this good then influences this truth. Something like that. Order. And even this, because you thought, oh, spirituality stuff, what, what is that order in the spiritual mind? It's just like, you know, don't worry about stuff and watch the sun when it's setting. But there is, even here in this most um, 10,000 
foot level description, there's a lot of moving parts. Look, it just becomes a massive purple in there. And you've got to realize that when you get down to what's happening in your spiritual mind, it's like what's happening in your physical brain. It is complicated and super precise. And with the body, with the brain, with all things, we don't know quite as much with the brain because it's harder for us to look into it. But we can tell in the other systems in the body, there is disorder and there is order. Your order might not look exactly like somebody else's, but when something's out of whack, all oh, the best thing in the universe is to get it back in whack. Get it in whack. So thinking that, oh, this, what's wrong? Why is my mind so chaotic and jumbled and problematic? Oh, it's your spiritual shoulder is just out of socket. And we can just get it back in. It's not that there's something irreparably, irredeemably wrong with you. Should we have a counter of how many words I struggle to get through? No, that would take up too much time. You are not irredeemably disformed. There's not a problem with who you are intrinsically. It's just that something is bent out of shape. That that shape is sitting there. Who you're meant to be is sitting there. The divine order for you is sitting there. And we just got to get back in. If we just could take these spiritual x-rays, we could figure it out. To me, this brings relief. When this happens... In this old thing up here, when this happens, influence is going by the ordained pattern. And this is how it operates in people who have been reborn. It operates differently, in pe- however, in people who have not yet been reborn, as noted earlier. So what we're trying to do through all this spiritual work is to achieve this pattern. And what's it for? It's for influence, because above this, goodness and truth, they don't just exist in isolation. This is God up here. God can flow directly into goodness, which by that manages everything else. This is really giving God access. Just like when something's out of whack in your body and you want to get it in whack, you need a really good doctor, somebody who knows those systems and can say, oh, here we go. We're going to move that stuff. So what, that's what we're trying to do here is get all the blockers out of the way to allow God to have access. That's why we got to create order. And isn't it great to think about order streaming through? And it's just the beginning point because now finally influence goes where it wants. Now we can start actually living the kind of life we, we deserve to live rather than what we have to slog through prior to being reborn. With them, this is people who have not yet been reborn. So here we are. I don't know. Uh, rebirth, was, we've done some shows on, is a process that's happening throughout your life and you get successes and phases. So it, he always casts it in terms of reborn, not reborn. I think it's a sliding scale. You may probably have some parts of you that are a bit reborn, some parts maybe not so much. With them, the good in the rational dimension does not act directly on the good of the earthly dimension, only indirectly through truth in the rational dimension okay, I'll do this because I have to. I know it's the right thing to do, and so I will force myself to do it. Whereas when good talk, that's when good has to talk to truth. The, the, the what is right has to say, look, you remember these principles that your childhood religion gave you or you found in your searches. You got to do that. I know you don't want to. But when good is talking to good, you just absolutely, with your heart, no, this, this thing that is the right thing to do, 
is also gorgeous and it is awesome and it is absolutely, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Like I said, there's probably a few areas in your life where you know that. I mean, where it's easy for you to say, of course, I, I don't even have any inkling to do the wrong thing or to go against what's good and true. I love what's good and true there and I get it and I'm clear. That's what it's like when good is talking to good and truth gets wonderfully pulled along for the ride. In this way, it establishes something similar to good on the earthly plane, but not genuine good and therefore not genuine truth. We can get by, but the motivation is not there. The thing it establishes does not have goodness at its core because this good flows in by way of truth on the rational plane, but nothing more. Gotta have good at the core. That just sounds nice. So good exists there in different form. Okay. So this is talking, remember, about all of us right now and how our lives are run. And you're about to suddenly be talking about some very old dead men. This is the magic of correspondences and how the stories in the Bible, why is God going to write a book and have it be about these guys with beards that, that don't know me and I, I don't know if they could help me if they knew me. The, these are representative of parts inside of you. I'll show you. On the outside, it resembles the good represented by Esau. But on the inside, it resembles the truth represented by Jacob. Since this is not the proper hierarchy is said to be backwards. That's why these guys are getting their hierarchy mixed up. It says that, that story is a picture of when we are doing the opposite of this thing. And you got, cause God can't just, or didn't just can't, I don't know, say your goodness and your truth. It's gotta be told in a way with tangible nouns in it. Esau and Jacob. Okay. I can get how those two relate to each other. Because goodness and truth, what's your picture of those? And we get the wrong kind of idea as them something static, as something static and unliving, whereas they're actually closer to people in us. They, they are alive. And that's a mystical, amazing thing to try to ponder. But Swedenborg says even thoughts and feelings are kind of like people. Am I, did you leave? Or did you say, tell your friend to watch this episode and they just left? Well, we had you for pretty long. I mean, that's going to bump up our average view time, I think. It's just you watch until then. So thank you so much. Since, okay, they're like people. They're like Esau. They're like Jacob. Those are good correspondential storytelling pieces. Since this is not the proper hierarchy, it is said to be backward. Yet considering that we cannot regenerate otherwise, it is the proper hierarchy. I love that. This is, you definitely get Swedenborg laying out constantly, look, here's the ideal. This is the way that divine order, are we talking about order? This is the way divine order would like things to be. But we can't be in that state because right now we're out of order. The human race and us swept up in it. Things are not as they should be. So we have the, um, we have these, uh, I was going to say situation, workaround. These are long words to write. I'm using a lot of time thinking of. We have the now. We have what's going on, Right? And he's saying, this is ab these two are opposite. But where you are, you know what? Because this is where you are, and these are the tools we're going to use to get us eventually to the ideal, the now is the ideal. It's like, this is the best of all possible worlds, even though we can look out at the potential of order and say, I want to get into order. Getting to the journey is part of the destination. So it is with us when we... So don't get too... too um, 
judgy of yourself and too strict and hierarchical in your religious endeavors and say, I, f- I fell short here. I'm not perfect enough here. Or I should, because that's not how it is. That's not how it is. Go, go take a look at what, how Jesus Christ was. He's always breaking and bending these rules and the Pharisees hate it because they want to use the rules to club everyone over the head with and say, you're not good enough. You're not right. But Jesus is like, the point is the people. The point is the people. Everything exists to serve the people. So these rules, that's why on the Sabbath, I can help somebody out. If there's a sheep in a pit, I can grab that thing. It's all about getting people into heaven. So whatever means, do that. And you aren't going to know what the means are for everyone else. So you can't sit there and judge and say you're doing something wrong. I know. It's too bad because it's super fun to judge. But he's saying whatever the means are for that person, those are, are sacred. Those are good. I realized that although these ideas have been expressed clearly and can therefore be, be perceived clearly by people who know about them, they are dark and dim to people who do not know what spiritual influence is. Are we dark and dim right now? They are even dimmer to people who do not know what, that the rational plane is different from the earthly plane. And dimmest of all to those who cannot distinguish goodness from truth. Now he's hedging himself here saying some people when they read this is gonna, are going to reject it out of hand as nothing. You're probably not in that category if, you, if you're watching a video like this. But the cool thing about this is he's showing, oh, if you know, like, let's flip it into the positive. What if we do know what spiritual influence is? What if we do know the rational plane is different from the earthly plane? And what if we can distinguish goodness from truth? This is why we have this entire channel here where we go into all these sorts of ideas and try to give you, we have 800 videos and a year from now we'll have a billion videos. And why? Because the more you understand each idea, the more you understand all the ideas. And that's, that's how it is in life. The more you understand one thing about your body, the more you'll understand more about it. The more you understand one thing about basketball, the more you understand the next thing about basketball. The two main things in life. So, this is why we're giving you all this stuff. Thank you for taking the time to watch through. The nature of earthly goodness and truth there before rebirth can be revealed simply by the desires that affect us at that stage. When we seek truth not for the sake of living it, but for other purposes to become well-educated out of a kind of competitive urge or childish jealousy or desire for glory. Then goodness and truth on our earthly level take on the pattern represented here by Jacob. That is super tangible. Okay, I get it. Because what's going on now when we're just learning things for all those childish reasons, it's at the core there's no good. It's not because we love the human race. It's not because God has kindled this fire of, I want to, what's right is good. How can you want to do something that harms people if you just look at what's good? Obviously, this is the better thing. We don't have that. But what we have instead is, I'd sure like to be a little more well-respected than them. So, the, that's an imperfect motivation. But you got to, sometimes you got to get, sometimes you got to have that motivation. What does it do? It leads us to the truths anyway. And those truths then start to work on us and educate us to get us up into that ideal. Imperfect means where then we get our will fixed and we start to love those same ideas for the right reasons. That is so happening. That's what Jacob represents. 
So they are more or less backward. Our intentions, which relate to goodness, are on the outside, while our intellect, which relates to truth, is on the inside. The stage we reach after rebirth is different. At that point, we do not merely want truth for the sake of living by it. Even more ardently, we long for real goodness in our lives. And that's cool, the idea of ardently. Like, man, nobody at Sunday school is telling me I want this. I want this. Our earlier impulses of rivalry, childish envy, and pride detach themselves and even seem to disappear. By the way, these reasons are almost certainly why Swedenborg initially chased knowledge. He's, you can read his journal of spiritual experiences. He had to struggle with all this stuff, his journal of dreams. Then the good we intend is on the inside, and the truth we understand is on the outside. Still, the truth acts in unison with the goodness because it acts from goodness. So you may even appear, the mind you encounter, the next person encounters is the same. We know the same stuff. We put things together in the same way. But why? Why we've got that stuff? What's animating it? Totally different. Still, the truth acts in unison with the goodness because it acts from goodness. This pattern is truly orderly. So there is creating spiritual order in the mind. How? You have good lead truth. The complex version is that purple thing we did at the beginning. The previous pattern works toward the formation of this latter pattern because our intentions, which then lie on the outside, lead in much that is useful for our regeneration, using our own self-centeredness against our self-centeredness to lead us to being reborn. Ooh, it's tricky. It is like a sponge that in soaking up both clear and muddy waters absorbs material that it would otherwise spew out. I don't want to suck up just clean water. Well, you can have some dirty water with it. Okay. Isn't that how people are? You have to like, let's let's put something in. Let's put some sugar on this. Not that sugar is bad, but I'm like, let's put something in this piece of information that's going to appeal to your base instincts. But that'll get you to watch this and hopefully it'll do that. Nevertheless, these things serve as means and help us form ideas about what is good and true, not to mention other functions. Don't read that last part. That last part is just a typo that I made in copying something over. And I'm going to keep it real and leave in that that was there. So we're ending on, it leads us to other functions. Don't stop looking at that thing. The point. The point is, don't fear the dark clouds. Because... One, they're not going to take you out. Two, everything that they try to lead us toward eventually turns around to our good. Because they, sure, they try to stir up negative emotions and get us afraid, but that forces us. What does that do? They're trying to crush us. This is hell's trying to crush us. But what's that do? How many of you are out here tr- looking for spiritual things because of the chaos of the mind? And even if we at first look in the wrong direction or, or we're being led by negative desires to try to learn, whatever it is, that gets us to a place where God can initially reach there, go through this sort of sideways route to then get it to the point where the clouds can be dispelled and we can have this orderly, direct communication. So there are a million ways to reach out and God is going to do that and do that for you now and the way it's being done is perfect it'll work and that is or that is this side of order so you've got this dual message one is there is an order for us to strive for and it's an order we can understand more and more and it's an order we can grasp and actually try 
to aim and orient ourselves toward. The other side of that is there are processes that are way too deep and complex for us to understand. And even in the imperfect situation we find ourselves in, God is using those processes to pull us into happiness and perfection and, and everything, we, everything we're longing for as we go through our lives. And that's the news from heaven. How'd you like it? Did it do something for you? Take it in. Go live it. Go live it for good reasons. If you have an idea that you found here and you go live it or apply it because you want to do what's right, you're in that order right there. Let us know in the comments if that worked for you. And if you want to support this programming, otle.cosvox.com. Stuff doesn't make itself. We're a not-for-profit. If you choose to donate, we keep doing this. Thanks to everyone who has, and thanks for watching this show. I really hope to have that these concepts help build just a little more of that framework we were talking about, increase your order, and give you just like a better go of things. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for giving me this opportunity.